Bond. But grace abounds. Why don't we welcome Billy as he comes up now to bring God's word? Jesus said, the kingdom is near. It is now, because New South Wales. So that's all right, so beautiful. Round of applause, thank the, uh, thank the band. Thanks the Maroon supporter. Uh, I haven't been around much. And so for, if you don't know me, Billy is my name. Um, I've been on staff here for a fairly long time and um, I don't usually have a beard, but clearly I'm, I'm going for the wisdom look, but it's just more sort of old and haggard. So just, that's okay, I, I recognise it. But uh, if you haven't seen me for a while, I've been having a crack at it. So um, 80% of the beard, 80% of the greys in the beard are from owning a 40-acre property out at Dolby. Um, for those of you that don't know, just a bit of context, uh, I'm part of a family, a ministry called Dion. Uh, my people are from New South Wales. Now, interestingly, our, our traditional language comes up into Queensland, so I can sort of go both ways. But I'm from the Gumaroi people of northwestern New South Wales, and in our language we say, Yama, Giranga Gumaroi, Dainaya Turubu, Winagailana, Giranga Bayami, Yaliwanga Bayami, Winagailana. In my language, we acknowledge who we are, that I'm a Gumaroi person. We acknowledge the country that we're on, on tourable country, the custodians of this place. The Creator placed them here. And that's who I acknowledge with Bayami, the All Father, the, the Yaliwanga, who always was and always will be. And uh, our ministry, Dion, has been going a while. And about seven years ago, we were gifted a 40-acre property out at Dolby. It was once a children's home from the 50s to the 80s. And it had been sorted through a few different sets of hands. Um, lots of people ask us still today, what's your strategic plan, Dion, for this property? And the best that I can offer, whoever they are, is I tell them it's a scripture. And so our strategic plan comes from Isaiah 58. And uh, if that worries you, it's even in the message version. And so uh, our strategic plan, hopefully it might come up. But it, it basically, it speaks about the fact that you are to rebuild the ruins. It says um, that you'll rebuild the foundations from out of your past. And then it talks about you are to, to rebuild, renew, renovate, all those key words. And so it's basically saying that the place is in ruins, fix it up. And I can testify to that. We heard from a close friend who came about four years ago and recently just came back. And in a moment of honesty, they said, um, oh, when I first left the property, I looked at the person in the passenger side and we both laughed and said, oh no. The place was really in disrepair. And so rebuilding the ruins was a really key foundational bit to us. The physical property. Uh, the, the, the 40 acres, it, it had sort of been cropped and stuff had been taken out of it, but we felt the call to be good custodians. The NAIDOC theme for this year is to heal the land. And so we were putting back into the place, doing regenerative farming. And um, I've got some photos, in fact, just maybe they might give you some context to the property. So if we could just show that first photo, if that's okay. Um, this is, what you're viewing right in front of you is basically dirt. Like it's, it's not even good soil, it's dirt. It was nothing, it was dead. And so um, the next two photos I'll show you, we had a, a view to regenerate that. So we started in 2018. This is called a, our spiral garden. I I'm not sure why, you'll have to figure that out yourself. And here it is just a month ago. And so this is beautiful. And, and so we've been renovating the place. So much so that our caretaker, Nikki, the first Aboriginal person from Brisbane to join our community way back, she now felt the call of God to go out there and be our caretaker, took her family and moved out there. And she's fantastic, does a great job. Become a part of the fabric of Dolby, they love her. And anyway, one day she drove out of Bethel and was heading into town and one of the old farmers waved her down. Now, I don't know if there's many people from bush town here, but when an old bushy waves you down, he's making a really big deal. He might as well be wearing purple leotards and doing backflips off his tractor. You know what I mean? Like he's making a big deal. He waved her down and she thought, oh, what's this all about? And she pulled over. This old fella leant in the window and he said, gee, the property's looking good. <laughs> and again, don't you miss it. 
He might as well have shouted it out from the rooftops. He said, gee, you're making a difference there. I can see the physical difference. And so uh, we planted trees recently. We had a, an initiative called Planting Hope. We have a, a plan to plant 10,000 trees in 10 years. And so recently, I think I've got some more photos here to just show you that what we got up to. So there we are working hard this a month and a half ago. And the next photo I'll show you, there it is. And uh, this next beautiful one, if you're not one over yet, I think I'll get you with that sunset. The property looks beautiful. And we love it. It's a very big part of our custodial role, a spiritual role. But if you know Isaiah 58, it doesn't just talk about rebuilding the ruins, renovating, rebuilding, renewing. It closes off with a very powerful statement. It says, you'll be known as those who can fix anything. But then at the finish, it says, make the community livable again. And this is our heart's desire. This is where the pointy end of it's starting to get to. Not just the physicality of the place, but the people that will go on the place. And so I've brought along some really precious brothers uh, and we wanna share with you some incredible things that have opened up in this very area of working with people to make the community livable. So Lukey, come on up, G and Nat. Give them a round of applause, guys. Thanks, Tangela. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Luke. Um, I'm part of Dion, part of Bridgie as well. And um, I just want to honour Tamara for what she shared tonight. It's a big deal. And thanks, Tamara, wherever you're sitting. It's, it's a beautiful story. And, and I really feel the weight. I want to share a bit of my story with you. And I feel the weight. I don't want to overdo your story, Tamara. So I just want to honour you in that story and just say it was very powerful and it moved my spirit a lot, and I want to say thank you. But so my name's Luke. I um I grew up in Sydney, and a little bit about my story for those who don't know you, me. When I was a young man, I was abused by a family member, and the reason I, I we got a bit of time consciousness, so I want to jump through it quick. But that abuse led to some really poor decisions in my life, some very poor things that as a young man, could have been done better. I could have spoken about it. I could have dealt with it differently. I could, I could have processed through what has happened to me. But I didn't, and I chose as a nine-year-old boy driving past Long Bay Correctional Centre to become a criminal because I thought that was the safest option for me as a broken, torn little boy, that if I became a tough guy, this big, bad criminal, no one could hurt me anymore. So, so I went on this journey to become the toughest guy I could and I succeeded and that led me to one place which was prison. So I spent the best part of 13 years of my life in jail which was a big deal and I want to say thank you to many people that are probably here tonight that prayed for me in that time. There's a lot of people in the founding pastor Peter sacrificed a lot of his time to visit me and, and care for me and show me this love that Jesus has for people. I, I didn't always get it and I didn't want to get it. I, I, I didn't care. I, I knew that I could protect myself and that's all that mattered. Well, things piled out of control for me in jail, like they did outside of jail, because that's what happens. I found myself in 24-hour lockdown because I was misbehaving. I, one day I was going to the dentist to get a tooth pulled out and I, I walked along the yard and along the pathway and I heard my name called and I went to the cage because I was expecting drugs or something. And I got no drugs, I got nothing. I said, brother, you need Jesus. That's what I got. From four men that I really respected. Well, that night in my prison cell, I asked God, are you real? And God revealed himself to me that he was real. And from that moment on in my life, I have not turned back. Sure, life hasn't been easy but I have not given up on God because I know he does not give up on me. So I wanna share some exciting things that have been happening for us. So my heart is to really, really tell 12 year old Luke that there's a better choice. That's my heart. That is, that is the depth of my heart. 
It's coming from a space where I know there's better options to choose in your life. Yes, you've been abused. Yes, you've been hurt. Yes, someone's hurting you. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's get this stuff out and let's deal with it and let's process through it and make good choices because we, we know there's a king that can fix everything. But when you're trapped in that space, that's not so easy. So, so we've got to make little steps and we've got to help people realise what's going on in their life so they can make better choices. So 12-year-old me wants to tell 12-year-old anyone that there's better choices. So that's, that's my heart. So recently I was down at the football. I'm a New South Wales fan too, so I'm very sorry, but I'm from, I'm from South. If you didn't catch that, I'm from Maroubra, so I'm from down in Sydney. And um, I'm a South Sydney supporter, so I was, down the, I was down the coast, and yeah, you'd better move too. <laughs> Don't let that camo... You, you could probably hide in that. So I was, I was down the coast watching the football and I was coming back with a young guy from a community in New South Wales that we're friends with. He's been asking himself really big questions. He's grown up in a community where they don't really leave. They stay in community, they live in community, they do community as well as they can. They love each other as best they can according to the scriptures. They're given to them by God. It's a great Jesus-based community. He said to me, I don't know if that's for me. And it made me start thinking, well, what is for us? And, and we had this great big conversation on the train on the way back from Gold Coast to Park Road. And when I left, Park, when I left the Gold Coast, South said once, so I was pretty pumped up, as you could imagine. When I got to Park Road, I was pretty deflated. <laughs> and, and not in a bad way, just in a, in a questioning way as we do. So I got off at, he got off at Park Road. I kept going, got off at Roma Street. At Roma Street Station, I was standing on a platform. By this stage, I was on my own. And when you're on your own, as you know, you can start thinking some pretty bad thoughts. You can get yourself in a pretty bad space. So I was standing on the platform going, well, God, what about me? Why can't I share with kids? I understand I was a violent criminal. I get all that, but I was in jail 13 years. This year, I've been out for 13 years, Lord. That is a big deal, Lord. When do I get to do my bit? So I was asking these big questions and on the platform, it's a big long platform, Roma Street, if any of you have not been on it. And at the very, I was right down the very end. At the other end, there was a couple and a trained guy that worked on the platform. And a young man came up, not young, I'm talking it up, aren't I? Because I'm young, maybe I'm young. He walked up the stairs and he, he sat down and I saw him and he was a fair way away. Well, he turned and looked and hopped up in one motion and walked towards me and I thought, oh, who is this bloke? I thought, I know this guy. And he got closer and closer and I thought, oh, I do know this guy, wow. Well, he came up to me and he said, brother, I just need to come and say hello. You've got this aura glowing about you. And I can tell you, I didn't feel like I had much aura glowing about me at that time. So obviously South Sydney won, so something was happening, which was good. But I said to him, brother, God's good. He said, he is, isn't he? And I said, brother, do you not know me? And he said, should I? I said, yeah, you probably should. So I'd spent the best part of 10 years in a unit with this guy. We knew each other pretty well. He was not a good man. He was doing life in prison for a murder. And he'd been out for three years at this time. Well, he said, who are any? At this stage, he wasn't quite sure. Then he realised it was me. So tears welled up in this man's eyes. And he hugged me and embraced me on the platform. The train pulled in. We hopped on the train. Train pulled out. There was a couple in the train who thought we were loonies. I can tell you right now. Two, Christ, two guys talking about Jesus that have done a long, long time in jail and talking about it all. Oh, I remember when, oh, I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were probably terrified, worried. <laughs> There's probably a lot of emotions going on in them. But he said, brother, I really need to talk to you. I said, what's going on? He said, remember when you got out and you'd found Jesus? And I said, yeah, he said, everyone thought you were mad. Like, you were fully mad. They said, we, he said, we could tell there was a difference, but we thought you were playing a game. You wanted to go home. You knew how to get parole. Play the game. If I changed because I was so bad, they'll give me a break. He said, it comes the time. You're going home. He said, at least a dozen of us, we had big bets. Like we were betting, oh, you'll be back in six months, 12 months, 18 months. There's no way you'll last. He said, one got to 18 months, and we're like, oh, yeah, whatever, you know. It's never going to happen. He said, a year goes past and we're going, what is going on? 
said, two years goes past and we're really asking questions. Three, and we're thinking, there must be something in this God stuff. He said, after four years, bro, we're opening Bibles. And he said, and we're reading Bibles in the prison yard. And he said, brother, I could give you a dozen names of men that you've done a long time with that are now giving their life to the Lord. He said, hang on a minute. And he picked up a bag and he put it on the seat next to him and it was a Bible college bag. He's been going to Bible college. This is a man who's done 16 years in jail. He is going to Bible college purely because I hadn't been back to jail. That's pretty amazing. That is a pretty amazing story. There's, there's also lots of other things happening. We, we, we've been privileged enough to, to do life with these two beautiful men who I'll introduce you to in a minute. We've got a relationship with them and we really want to honour them and Billy will do that, but they're good men, good men of God with a good heart. But there's other men all around this Brisbane who are doing mighty things for God and we've been blessed enough to cross paths. We know that God's crossing these paths for a purpose. We know that. There's a group on the north side called Laser. Young group, young kids come here. Now, I didn't, want to, I didn't share this story in the four o'clock because I was very sensitive to the fact that this young boy's mum and grandmother were sitting in that service. But after I asked them if it was okay if I could share it, and they said, we'd love you to. So I really would love to share this story. I'm not going to use any names, but there's a young boy who's been coming to this group. So every Wednesday I have them for... Six hours they come and I show them how to do CAD work, I show them how to do stuff and just more so I sit upstairs with them and tell them about Jesus. That's, that's, what I, that's what I try and basically do. I just want to share my life with them, pour my life out to them and say there's a better way. Now these kids are at the point where schools have said we are done with you. You've bashed teachers, you're bashing students, you're no good. Next step is to go to youth detention, that's where they're going. So they go to this program for a term, and basically it's a boot camp to say, we're going to fix you if we can. So I've been blessed enough to spend every week with these kids and Billy will share a bit, he has too. And this one young boy, we're sitting there one day and we're talking and he just said to me, he said, bro, can I talk honestly with you? I said, I'd love to. So he shared his life with me and I shared some deep things about me from when I was young. And one thing I shared with him was that I had a beautiful mum and dad, but I made my own parental issues because when I was abused, even though I didn't tell them, I was going, how can they not tell? They don't love me. That's what I was thinking. Well, this kid does, he, he, he has been struggling with dad issues and stuff. And I, I was really feeling for him. My heart was pouring out to him. Well, I said, oh, look, what hope have you got? He said, oh, my grandparents are Christians. He said, you Christians, you seem to have something. I don't know what it is, but you've got something. And I said, oh, that's great, bro. I said, at least you've got some hope. He said, yeah, but there's stuff going on there. And I, I said, oh, where do they go to church? He said, oh, they go to Bridgman Baptist Church. And I just said, oh, no worries. I didn't say anything. I thought I'd leave it at that. So I ring my mum, who's a big part of this church. And I said, mum, do you know this person? She said, oh. She mentioned their names and said, I've been praying for that boy for a long, long time. She said, as his grandparents had prayed for you. And here he is in a room with me. If we doubt God, how can we? God is interweaving all this together for a purpose. There is mighty things happening in this city for a purpose. And my heart is to see young people have a big revival. That's my heart, to see young people come flooding into the kingdom of God so that they can then change the thinking of what's going on. But I'd really love to introduce you to this young man, both of them. <laughs> so this is Nat. So Nat's been a chaplain for? Uh, eight years. In the youth detention centre. Can you give him a big hand? That's a big deal. And this brother here, this is G. I'll let him introduce himself to you, but this is G. They've got beautiful hearts for God. So I'd just love, would you love to share some stuff, brother? Would that be all right? That'd be great. Um, good evening, church family. It's great to be here. Um, gee, I don't know how many times one can get goosebumps, but I've got like 25 goosebumps listening to Tamara and Lukey. So uh, something special about tonight. Um, I made the journey from the south side today and 
Um, you know, when these um, Dian boys put down the down, uh, invitation, you can't really can't really deny it. Really, um, I brought my daughter, so Tamara, I just want to encourage you, my dear sister, that wherever you are, that uh, that really impacted my life as a dad to see you uh, go to the waters of baptism with my daughter tonight. So that was special. But my daughter came tonight um, because she knows that her dad gets nervous up front. Um, and that's why her dad's wearing this camouflage gear. Um, you didn't get the memo, but the Holy Spirit gave you the memo. Um, but yeah, but I can't really hide. Um, yeah, but coming across the south side, I had to fill out immigration papers and everything just to make sure. So that was cool. Um, so the Lord was with us and, and we'll get back. But look, we are in the business of caring for young people in youth detention in Jesus' name. And there, at the moment, there is 153 young Lukies in there that need to, to hear, not young Lukies, Guys like you, and there's some ladies, some young girls in there too that need to be cared for in Jesus', Jesus name. And we've had the privilege of doing that. Um, and just, just a quick story, because when these boys came, came in, um, it was a bit of a struggle to, to try and get sorted and, and blue cards were there, but God, you know, he's God and he does his thing. And so the doors flung open, just like what happened to Paul. And, and the, the gates flung open and Luke was able to come in and Billy was able to come in. But the interaction at the tables with these men and the young people, <laughs> we've never seen that before. I mean, for example, um, you know, Jangala, Dagan, our brother, Billy, he, he makes a, um, a little, um, you know, traditional to the, what do you call that? Acknowledgement and a welcome to country, you know, in my language, sorry. I'm an indigenous from um, across the, the waters there in New Zealand. We've got a different word for it, so I get mixed up. Um, but anyway, he, he, he gives that acknowledgement to country. And I don't, you've been in there for eight years, bro. But he gives an acknowledgement and then all the kids get up and they start clapping. And that something, something happens in that space because there's something about, his culture and spirituality that has affected the hearts of these young people. And well, Luke is there and he's just playing cards and just, um, yeah, just winning all their, their lunch money or something. I don't know what's happened there, but, um, but there's, there's a real good connection there that happens. And so we've had the privilege of partnering with Dion and, and, and now we, we see why they are like how they are because they are held by a beautiful church family. And we felt that when we came in, didn't we, brother? And so that's what I wanna say. Um, Isaiah 58 says, like, you know, renovate the ruins and make it a, live in, a livable community space. Um, and so in youth detention, there are a lot of ruins and these are these precious little hearts. Uh, but God says, those are mine. Those young people are mine. And his hand is on them and the enemy is not to snatch them away from him. That is the God that we serve. And um, we have had the privilege of partnering with these brothers. They get the message too. And so, you yeah, just just love you brothers and what a privilege to stand on stage with you and, and have this blessing to meet your beautiful church family and thank you, yeah, thank you. Thank you, brother. Hey? Um, just real quickly, when Luke shares his testimony, I don't know if you sort of sit there and you think, oh, I'm so inadequate. There's, how could I actually share the gospel with others? And, you know, others look like they have it all together and I don't. And yet in his story, God used his absence in a place to glorify himself. And you sort of hear that and you go, well, if that's God and he'll use absence to glorify himself, then he'll use whatever I feel like in here to use me to glorify him too. So I hear your story, brother, and I'm just so thankful. Everything that's happened in this ministry, God gets all the glory. It keeps happening like this. Um, it keeps happening at the right time. It doesn't matter what you plan and how much you stress over it. At the right time, the door opens, the the person God's prepared steps in, who's also over his side going, God, what's going, how, you know, and it happens. And so we're just so thankful to partner with our brothers. 
we just want to sit at their feet and learn um, about culture, about life, about faith. So to stand here tonight, um, I'm just feeling really emotional inside um, and just really, really thankful for how good God is, for what He is doing. We don't believe the narrative on TV about young people in that place. Yeah, we know, made in God's image. Um, and so we want to be in there, whatever that looks like. And the fact that you guys as a whole church are saying that that's on our hearts is such a beautiful thing. Um, I'm so thankful. And my prayer is that more opportunities will come up for young people in youth detention to hear the gospel message. But not only that, but then be ministered to the whole of life by people who love Jesus, who have been saved by the gospel themselves. Um, so that's all I'm going to say. But I'm just really thankful for tonight and just want to, yeah, praise God. Thank you. Stay, stay. Yeah, we'll get it after. So part of tonight is an honouring, right? So uh, this is not, in terms of Dion, I mean, he's done a bit of homework, 13 years of it, but this is very embryonic stage for us. And part of why I wanted these lads to be up on stage is I just wanted to, the Bible says, outdo one another in showing honour. It's one of the only competitive scriptures that we've got. Outdo one another in showing honour. And so I just want to stand before you. I know there's a crowd here, but I just want to look at you two and I, and I just want to honour you both. Not just for ministry, but for a life that you've lived, where you pour yourselves out and you bring the Spirit of God into difficult situations. I don't pretend it's been all easy. And as we start, really, as we just start journeying, we just acknowledge the hard yards that you two men have done and others like you, men and women, that are in these places carrying this message of hope. And so that's what we want to do is just honour you. Church, do we want to honour them? So we don't pretend it's going to be easy. We've had some opportunity to go to the juvie and that's great. And we've also worked with Laser. So I got to be the bus driver on Thursdays with these boys. And again, same sorts of things, connections and talk. And we went to their graduation and it was utterly amazing. And in fact, next week out at Bethel, the very property that we've been trying to build up, we're going to run a camp for eight of these young men. And we were only going to do six because we just thought, let's be careful, do a pilot to see how we go. And a grandfather come up and said to Luke, you can have another fellow, can't you? <laughs> so now we've got to eight, you know, it could be 80 by next week, so pray for us, who knows? We're just going to take these boys out and just love on them. The only weapon we have is love. And I was thinking about tonight, what's the difference? What, what's going on here? And there's, there's a little thing I've been working on. Can we just show that little diagram? And, and it's this concept that we have these two things. We have, we have a proximity. So you can be close to something. You know, proximity is a powerful thing. If you're a long, long way away, it's hard sometimes, but you can get close. And there's this other thing, your posture. You know what I mean? So, and what, what happens is, I think you've got these options. You might not be close to something, but your posture, you might take a really humble posture and it really makes a difference. And so what I've been working on is thinking about how these two things, just show that next slide. When these two things come together, when you start to move closer, but you also take a posture that's welcoming, that's gracious. Well, this is what we see in the Jesus story. It says in Philippians that, that he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. What posture did he take? He came to serve in love. But he didn't do it from a distance because he's Emmanuel. He was God with us. And so this is incredible, simple, not easy, but simple thing that I see in these three men that I want to celebrate and acknowledge this proximity to God. They want to stay close to God. But there's this posture with God. They want to receive from God. And then the same with the very people that they're ministering to. No one here knows this. I didn't tell anyone. But in January of this year, I too was at a crossroads, bro. Just a, just a season of life, we know that. And I just said to God, I'm really open to what you want me to do this year. I have no idea. I don't know what it'll look like. It could be from out of left field. You know, if you had asked me at the start of the year, would I be standing up a stage here talking about juvie and doing this? No way. 
And I distinctly remember one of those difficult meetings as just worked hard to get us in there, one of the early meetings with the higher ups, which these boys have really opened the doors to just by loving. I was sitting there and I, I like to sit a bit quiet, you know, in my language we, we say winangala, just listen. So I like to wait. And then one of the people asked me, and that's nice, that's an invitation in our culture, that's when you can speak. And so this lady said, Billy, what did you like to say? And I don't know. It's like I stepped out or someone, I know who stepped in. It's I, the words came out of my mouth before I could catch them. And I said, I could give my life to this. Then I come back to myself and I said, what was that? <laughs> and it started before now, but, but it, it, it just feels like all these doors keep opening up and I can't deny them. And so we're just going to press into them. And the, but the quality of the people is just something to behold. And so I read in Romans, if you know the passage, it talks about offering yourself as instruments of righteousness. So would you pray for us that we would be that? T- today is not us saying, hey, look at us, look how good we've done. This is us with a posture of saying, please, church, pray for us. We want to carry the spirit of hope and community into these places. We want to partner in humility with people that are humble and spirit-filled. So please pray for us. But you too get a choice. You too get to choose what posture you want to take with God. Like Tamara said, that, that willingness to let the spirit flow. And you get to go close, to draw near. And when you do that with God, you get to do that with your family, with your neighbours, with your work colleagues. Imagine if each of us took a posture and a proximity where the Spirit just poured out of us as instruments of righteousness. Can you grab the dig, bro? Rather than pray at the finish, I just think there's a perfect picture for me. This is our prayer, a prayer for us, a prayer for you. Maybe this is for you. If as I play, that's one of your prayers, bring, draw me near, God. Fill me up, God so that I might be a blessing to others, that I might be an instrument of righteousness, of right living. Well, then I invite you to stand and this will be my prayer for you. And so the band are gonna come up. But if this is for you, then you stand where you are and pray for that God that's near to you to fill you afresh tonight. thought in these holy moments I want to get the, the pastoral team to come up does that sound alright and Pete as well and, um, I feel that this is a time for us as a church as we press in we're going we're gonna to do worship together we're going to sing about a God who's the only God who can bring revival and renewal it's only through the name of Jesus but as a church we want to stand with these brothers and uh, we want to pray We want to ask God to do things that only God can do. Church, we pray for many, many years that God will do a great revival, that God will go and do things in in prisons and in places beyond anything we can. And I I think God's doing something bigger than we've ever dreamt of. And um, I think Pete's up here. And so, Pete, do you want to pray for for these? I think Twig's got them. But if you feel comfortable, maybe just, just lay a hand out like this. If that's something you feel comfortable with, it's just a sign saying, hey, we're with you. And God, come by your Holy Spirit.
It's true, Jonah. This is a sacred moment. It is a sacred moment. Oh, God. The Holy Spirit draws near. I know, God. Because this is your plan. This is your plan. People have been praying, God. And you've heard these prayers and you've come and woven something together that's amazing. I know it's only embryonic at the moment, but what is going to be birthed here in our state and our nation, Lord, it's incredible. God, we, we, we sense the holiness at this moment, Lord, because something in the spirit is being birthed. That's what's happening now. We sense it, Holy One, we do it's beautiful healing ministry, Lord, in hearts and lives. This is all due, Jesus. We know that. The restorer of broken things. You've done it in our hearts, oh God. There's so many other broken hearts, Lord. There are. And we're crying out for them tonight, Lord. We are. Some of us have named them, Lord, people. We love. He's beautiful. Young people, Lord, in detention centre, they're beautiful in your eyes, Lord. You love them, you love them, you love them, oh God. And you take all the brokenness, Lord, of people's lives and you turn it around for good and blessing. You're the master at these things. The cross looked like a disaster, but it was a holy moment. Sin and death were being overcome. And I thank you, Lord, that that's how you operate and that's how you move, Lord. And so, Holy One, tonight, as these men stand linked together, yeah, and, and past experiences, but woven together by the living God. People have been working hard, Lord, in detention centres. Send some reinforcements for the sake of those dear kids, Lord. Oh, God, bless them, use them, we would pray. I want to thank you, Lord. When the doors look closed, suddenly they're flung wide open. They are, wow, God Almighty, God Almighty. Fling wide the heavenly doors, Lord, and let the blessing of God flow down, Lord. This is what we're praying on their lives, Lord, and through their lives and to the detention centres, Lord, in our in our in our community here, Lord, that they'll become places full of the presence of Jesus Christ, Lord, we would pray. Holy Spirit, lives, young lives being changed, transformed and changed. And not only the lives of those young people, but then, Lord, the lives of their families going to be changed. And Lord, You are the one, You're the one who came, Lord. And You, and you fellowshiped, Lord, with tax collectors and sinners. We heard it this very morning, God. Because you're the ones that you love, Lord. They're the ones you are looking for, Lord. And we're all tax collectors. We're all sinners, Lord. And you found us and you've got a plan to find so many more, Lord. As you've woven something incredibly unique together. This is a God plan we know. And we pray now, Lord, for this camp that's coming up this week ahead. We pray it'll be so full of the presence of Jesus, Lord. We pray for those eight kids are coming or ever have any more you're going to bring yet, Lord. Just work so beautifully in their hearts and lives. Build relationships. As this crew, Lord, draw near with that heart to love. And it is love. It is love that overcomes, Almighty One. Breaks down the walls. Brings healing. Restoration of lives. Oh, God. We are witnessing the power of the Gospel of Jesus Christ right here, Lord, on this very stage tonight. And in Tamara's testimony as well, great God. What a night it has been for the glory of our King Jesus. We can hardly contain ourselves here tonight, Holy One. Oh God, oh God, we cry out, Lord. We cry out for Your glory. They said it, Lord, before. It's true. This is not to be touched by our hands, Lord. This is only what You are doing, Lord. And we give You all the praise and all the honour and the glory for this new thing that's being birthed in our very city, in our very state, Lord. And we pray for a multiplying, Lord, of this work by the power of Your Holy Spirit. 
And so anoint these men, Lord, we would pray. Guard and protect them and their families, Lord, we would pray in Jesus' name. We pray for darkness to be cast down and the light of Jesus Christ to break forth in new mighty power. This is what we pray for, Lord, tonight as lives mesh together in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so come, Holy One, as we worship You now, fill our hearts with praise, Lord. This is for everyone. This is for everyone. This is for everyone. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, come. You don't, don't, don't miss a day. Walking with Jesus, these men testify to the joy of Jesus Christ. Don't miss a day. Don't waste another day. Come, come. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Now, now, Lord. Fill our hearts, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Chains in the ground Who got everybody 
for some of you tonight and you're not too sure why but you just sensed as the boys shared tonight there was just something in you and and I just sense maybe it's online or maybe it's not tonight but as you watch this one week two weeks three weeks maybe a year later there's something in you that stirred tonight and you just thought yeah I need to surrender my life I need a I need a saviour I need I need what what Luke's experienced what Billy's spoken about tonight what the boys have shared I need I need God in my own personal life and maybe it's an opportunity you for you to just surrender tonight, surrender your heart. And I, I want to just lead you in a prayer. It's very simple, but it's a prayer to say, God, I, I want you in my life. And so I want to lead you in that prayer. So maybe in an attitude of prayer, just with eyes closed, heads bowed, if you want to do that, uh, I want to lead you in a very simple prayer. Father God, you can just pray this in your head and in your heart. Father God, I want you in my life. I've heard about it tonight and I know I need you. I need a saviour. I need a king. I've tried to do life my own way and now I want you to take control. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising again, overcoming death. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Flood me with your life. I surrender to You. Be Lord and Saviour of my life right now. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Father, all of heaven celebrates for maybe just one, maybe just one tonight that's responded to You, surrendered their heart and life and it'll never be the same again. Because I'm convinced when we encounter You, Heavenly Father, the greatest Father anybody could ever encounter, that Your life will never be the same again. So I thank You maybe just for that one soul tonight that's responded to You, great God. But what an amazing message. And also I feel, God, we need to pray for these young people in this juvenile prison, great God, that as we've heard tonight, maybe they just feel like there's no hope, but there's always hope in You. As I just heard those words in that song, I was reminded that the darkness is no match for the light and You are the light of the world. And we pray, oh God, right now, We pray for every prison and we pray for this juvenile prison that the boys have been attending and going to keep attending. We pray, Father God, that every single one of these young people would encounter the light of You in Jesus' Name. We pray, oh God, that You would start to do a work so mighty, so powerful that every person would know only God could have done such a thing. We pray for these young people to surrender their hearts and lives that they might come to know You and in the same way, stand on a platform one day and declare that God has changed my life. This is our prayer tonight. And so we lift it up. And our prayer is, God, You'd revive that that juvenile prison. Revive this community. Revive the universities. Revive our schools. Revive our hearts, oh God, because we need You. And so come, Holy Spirit. Revive us, we pray. Revive us, we ask. Let's sing that one more time as a prayer to God. Say, revive us. Revive us, oh God, we pray.
is our prayer, great God. You just pour it out and revive our hearts. We, we need You, Lord. We, we can't do this life without You. And truth is, none of us can do this life without You, great God. And so we just pray, Lord, that You'd be glorified, that You'd be honoured in every sphere of this world, Lord, that, that, that You'd be made known, made known. This is our cry and this is our heart, Father. We thank You, Lord, for all that You're doing and we just long to see You do more. We do, we long to see You do more, great God. Continue to keep just intervening in people's hearts and people's lives, great God, we pray. Lord, how can we not say and that we love You, Lord? We, you're just amazing. We love You so much and we just thank You for tonight, great God. We honour You and worship You in Jesus' mighty Name. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. What an awesome service tonight. So good to be here. So great to have you here. So great to have you online. Um, so awesome just to hear about what God is doing and um, just continue to have an expectancy of what He's going to do as well. Uh, God bless you, whatever you're doing this week. May you just continue to have that posture and that heart. God, use me this week. Listen and obey. Listen and obey this week with whatever you're doing and you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. God bless you so much and uh, we'll see you soon.